Hello everyone, I'm Rachel, and you're listening to Let's Talk Avatar. This is a watch-through of The Legend of Korra. Isaac and I will be discussing each episode and giving our opinions on it. Just as a reminder, this podcast does contain spoilers for The Legend of Korra. This is a teen-rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Isaac. And we've been gone for two months. But we're back and we're excited to be talking about the legend of Korra this time around. Yes, we finished The Last Airbender. Woo! Listen to all 15 episodes. The audio's horrible, but this audio might be... Slightly better. Very slightly better. Um, We promise you we are... We're still figuring out our setup, but we will get to a point eventually, hopefully in the near future, or even next episode, where it the, the audio quality actually sounds good, with little to no background noise. Yeah, as you guys know, we've moved into a new place, so we're still trying to figure out the acoustics, is that what you'd say? <laughs> All the, the parts Sound, in the apartment. I guess. Yeah, trying to find a good place in the apartment to record without a bunch of noise around, so... <clears throat> Bear with us. Um, I guess I'm going to hop in and say that we are going to be doing this uh, this podcast a little different from Avatar The Last Airbender. I mentioned it before on the last episode, not necessarily episode, like update? but the last update I released. I let you guys know that this time around, we're going, we're going to be doing two episodes instead of four or talking about two episodes instead of four that way we can dive a little deeper into each episode and we're not like having to cram a bunch of episodes into one episode of the podcast if that makes sense because even when we had our notes it was it was very difficult to remember everything that happened but i think this way is a lot easier yeah, well, in a lot of episodes, I feel like run into each other, so you'll be talking about one and then lead into the other. Yeah. So I feel like this works a lot better. So let's get started. Let's get into it. So, so book one, <clears throat> aka season one of Korra, is called Air, which I find awesome because Last Airbender only has three seasons, three books, and Air was not one of them, so they had to throw that into Korra. I thought that was a really cool thing. It is cool that they leave, they start off where they ended in Avatar, I guess, when it comes to that. Yeah, so today we're going to be discussing episodes one and two of season one. The first episode, I don't even know the name of it, didn't even we write it down. We don't even know the titles of these episodes. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> I mean, we've watched them like five times at this point. Yeah, I've watched Korra more than I've watched Avatar The Last Airbender. But, so um, we, we just kind of put it on and watch it. Um... But hopefully that will give a more genuine um, reaction or explanation, I guess, for you guys. So we just checked. The episode is called Welcome to Republic City. Very fitting. It is. <laughs> Can I just mention how cool Republic City is solely for the fact that Aang founded it? Founded. Well, founded it? Aang, Zuko, Toph, <laughs> Katara, Sokka, Suki. The gang. <laughs> the gang founded it. But it's still, it's just, I love it because you start off with an initial, like, callback. Yeah. And I love it's that. It's like, this is how Aang left the world. Mm-hmm. How is this new avatar gonna, I guess, fix it or fit in? 
Yeah. Or announce that she's the Avatar. Because up till this point, no one really knows that she's the Avatar. Only, what, the southern... Like, the area she's in, I guess, knows. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not... the people, like, well, the, the Order of the White Lotus is there, isn't it? Yeah. It's so, like the Order of the White Lotus and then her masters are the only people that really know that she's the Avatar. The world doesn't know who it is yet. And so I think they obviously know it's going to be a waterbender because that's the next one in the cycle. But Isaac and I actually had a conversation about how we saw people were kind of upset on the internet about how Korra is already bending at an early age. But we were talking about how Aang did a really good job of setting her up to be successful as the Avatar. So obviously they know that it's going to be a waterbender. How many waterbenders are there actually left? Especially in the Southern Water Tribe. Yeah. So, and if you guys remember from Avatar The Last Airbender, they figure out who the Avatar is pretty early on by giving them the the, the previous... Toys. Yeah, the toys. So, I mean, I think it's it, it makes sense for her to know how to bend and start training early well, on. And if we look at just this first episode, she's already beating up people pretty easily within like seconds. So we already know that she's been strong physically her whole life. Mm-hmm. So it would just make sense. And even like mentally, you know, you ha- that takes a certain kind of person to just have that natural strength. I feel like mentally she, you know, is just a go-getter. So I think that has to do with like learning the elements and stuff like that. Yeah, I Because agree. Aang, I, I feel like was average when it came to that because he would still have to learn whereas Korra like she already knows it like she's done her learning at a young age yeah you can tell she's a lot more trained when it comes to physical combat without bending than Aang ever was but we also didn't get to see that side of Aang because we only saw him as a young kid to teenager you know so that's something we have an advantage of when it comes to Korra is she's at that really prime teenage age and she's had years to train for it that is a very good point. Um, I guess I'm trying to figure out the key aspects of this episode that I really want to talk about. I just, I, I love, I was telling Isaac this, I love that we get to see Katara and... Right off the bat. Yeah, and you get to see Tenzin, which is, you find out that that's Aang and Katara's son. And you, you just start to learn and understand things about... Their world. Yeah. Um, And you see all the airbending children that Tenzin had, um, a.k.a. Aang's, what? Grandchildren. Grandchildren, right? Yeah. Why was that so hard for me to figure (laughs) out? Um, I, what I liked about this episode also is you, I don't know, it, it jumps right into the show without feeling forced. Yeah, it does. I feel like they did an amazing job at that. Yeah, they they did a really good job of getting you hooked. I remember when I first ever watched Korra, I watched the first episode and I was hooked. You know, there are some shows I watch and it's like I watch five episodes and I'm still not convinced, you know? But you watch the first episode of Korra and it's like, man, I have to keep watching more. Well, and I think a lot of that has to do with viewers or watchers of the previous series like oh cool another avatar series and they could just hop right in but coming from my experience when i first saw the, like the trailer for or whatever i was like oh this is katara yeah but it's same. obviously not katara um but even when i watched it for the first time i was instantly hooked like rachel but i hadn't seen the last airbender like since then for like years mm-hmm. so it wasn't like i had it fresh in my mind but still yeah. They do a good job at just placing you in that universe and they're like, okay, follow this character. This is what's going on. 
Yeah. Um, Naga? Naga. Yeah, I think uh, and I Rachel had... was making fun of the way Naga was built. <laughs> okay, I Hashtag love... no Naga hate. I love Naga, but like those back hind legs compared to the... Well, it's a polar it's bear a dog. Polar I bear know, dog. but still, it just—it's funny. The design's funny. I don't really know what to cover in the first episode besides the fact that we're getting introduced to Cora, and I love the statue and yes. uh, remembrance for um, Ray. I don't know how to say that word. Remembrance. Yeah. For um, Aang. Yeah. And then there's obviously Air Temple Island. Friggin' boss. So cool. It's like their own air, literally air temple. Doesn't it make you, when you remember watching it, it's really hard for me not to like call back to when I first watched it because I remember thinking how excited I was that there was other airbenders now. Like Tenzin and then his kids were all airbenders. It made you feel good because the only airbender that there was before was Aang. Literally the last airbender. My favorite is Milo. Yeah, Milo. Fun hand me, strange woman. I like Milo. I like all the kids, actually. Star of Milos. Star of Milos. Full Metal Alchemist. Give it a watch. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you want us to do a Full Metal Alchemist podcast. Um. Oh, wow. Just throw that in there. I mean, I'd be totally down to do that. So, I guess in this episode, you see her training. You kind of get a little backstory on who she is. And then she <laughs> ends up... You get to meet Lin Beifong... Well, she ends up running away from the Southern Water yeah, tribe because but... she's like, I'm the Avatar and I need to go to Republic City. And Katara stops her. But then Katara's like, I understand because I was once married to the <laughs> Avatar. How weird though to like, tell me it's not weird to talk to the reincarnation of your husband. But I mean, like, what if she was like, oh, hey, can you tell Aang? I'm like, hey, what up? She's like, go into your let head, Aang. contact Aang, let him know I'm here still. She's like, let him know I'm having to take care of our children. Still trying to take care of these children. Yeah, so she ends up running away, and Tenzin is is going to be her master when it comes to airbending, because that is the only, how ironic, the only thing she has left to learn, whereas that was Aang's first element element. and it's really interesting because you can they did a really good job contrasting the two of them because ang is very spiritual spiritual and cora is not you know at all she's very like brute force physical kind of person stubborn yeah and spirituality i feel like is like where she stubborn is like the opposite feeling of what you want to have when you're you want to be open to spirituality yeah you know exactly and so it's just it's really funny to see the different dynamics of them because they are they're all avatars obviously have a a unique trait to them but then they're also alike in some ways and so you definitely see the uniqueness between Aang and Korra sorry if there's a lot of comparison here but it's like we literally just went like from the last airbender to Korra so I feel like that's what this first episode is gonna be is like how is Korra the same? How is she different? Yeah, we have we still have Aang on the brain. Must be Aang on the brain. Um, so yes, she goes to Republic City and she starts to beat up some bad guys, the Triple Threat Triads. Which awesome. Okay, when I first saw Republic City, I was like, mm. oh, like, what? I'm, no, I'm gonna be honest. When I first saw, it, I was like, I'm not really here for this. But that's because I don't really like futuristic shows. But then I realized. 
it's not really futuristic. For this world it is, but I don't know. When I saw it was like 1940s, 1930s, 20s, whatever, it was just awesome. Yeah, I love Republic City. love the look of it. I love what it stands for. But... Oh, let's talk about the police force real quick, because mm-hmm. Isaac loved this. And I just, if for anyone that doesn't know, if you read the comics after Avatar The Last Airbender, you learn that Toph opens up a metal bending school. Like academy, right? Yeah. And the police force in Republic City use metal bending. They're metal benders. So it's really cool because you're going in to this new show with more bending styles than you and you also see lightning like you see a lot of different bending styles that you didn't really see before yeah but it's cool in republic city because they actually use their bending not just for fighting anymore it's it's like resourceful like lightning bending is used to meld parts together for cars you know or like engines or like they're engineers it's very industrial their, yeah. their bending is used to get them you know what i compare it to it's kind of like knowing a second language of some sort in the yeah. workforce because there are non-benders but if you're a bender you're obviously gonna get picked before a non-bender yeah you like know? if that's if you're going into a certain line of work especially lightning bending yeah like i feel like you have to be precise with that um but yeah the metal bending cops reminded me of um attack on titan with their like yeah they do uh, And I hate to say that because it's Attack on Titan, but, like, what else is it going to be compared to? You know, there's nothing really out there that's like that. Yeah. It's a cool concept, though. I see. I see the same thing. Um, Yeah, and that's where you meet Lin Beifong, which is Toph's daughter. How did she get the scar? Obviously, there's going to be a spoiler disclaimer before you guys listen to this, so I'm sorry if you've never watched this and we're spoiling things for you. But you should have listened to the disclaimer. (laughs) episode one really good it really catches your attention you're really interested in what's going to happen next she ends up staying on republic city instead of having to go home and you want to talk about episode two lead into episode two now wait we haven't talked about how um she was like oh well i guess i have to go home and Tenzin was like mm, you can stay with us and all the kids were like yay Cobra's here with us i mean but tell me that wouldn't be the coolest thing to like grow up around the avatar yeah and to be the only like, airbenders that was like our version of summer of august yeah shout out to august um anyways episode two episode two i honestly i really liked episode two episode one too. i've seen so many times so it's yeah. kind of like a I already know what's going to happen. I mean, I still love it, but I already know what's going to happen. Um, also, we forgot to mention in the first episode, she comes, she sees this like protest. Would you say it's a protest or some oh, kind of yeah. like um, fight against benders yeah, from there's, non-benders? There's like this, um, there's like these um, people rising up against benders because they have advantages that non-benders yeah don't have. and a lot of them like the triple threat triad use their bending abilities for evil mm-hmm. and the non-benders can't really stop them so you can see why that would arise in such a huge town where all of the nations are together like republic city and you know this is a really good moment for cora because she's never been in the real world until this point so she's listening to these people and they're upset for good reason and she's like bending is amazing and they're like well of course you think that you're a bender aren't you and she's like well yeah and but then she does make a comment and he's they're pretty much like you oppressed us and she's like you guys oppressed yourself which is something i 
I don't always say, but that's a big part of life. But doesn't like, she end up bending something at them, like fire? No. Oh, not I was in that moment. Say, she just walks away. But you can tell she doesn't know what the world world the real world is like. And it was one of those moments for her where she's like, "Why would people hate bending? It's the most amazing thing." Which, yeah, it is. But people don't all have the ability to do but it. But think about it. The writers for the show they could have gone in any direction, and they chose this. This is like perfect. Because you don't even think about it. You're like, oh, well, obviously there's benders. But you don't think about how non-benders would feel about it. Especially, like I said, in a big city like that. Yeah. When problems can and will arise. Especially because Republic City was built for benders and non-benders. Freedom. To, like, Express. live amongst each other. Yeah, freely. I love how political this season is. They mm-hmm. do the politics in the season so well. Yeah, they really do. It, and it, it provokes you to think about it. Yeah. And it, it's to not even just think about like, the real world and, and your situation, you know? Yeah, it's not just like the Fire Lord is here and we have to fight him. Not dogging on The Last Airbender because it, it had its place and everything. It's not just good and evil. Yeah, exactly. I like how they're taking the more gray area approach, especially because it is more political. Well, and this is a more teen, this is a teen rated show, you know? So we went from dealing with like a more kids cartoon to an actual teen theme going on. Yeah, they can express more of a, I guess, mature, that sounds so stupid, but like mature it's true, level of writing, I guess. Yeah. Material. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on episode two. Yes. Something, I don't know what the title is, but it's. It's A Leaf in the Wind. A Leaf in the Wind, which makes sense because Cora has started her airbending training. And she sucks at it. What a really surprise. Really bad. Yeah. She's really bad. <laughs> they do this like, um, well, first of all, she obviously hates learning mm-hmm. because she's been so good at everything up until now. And now that she's not, it's frustrating for her. Yeah. So she has to wake up early. She has to do all these things. She has to practice and just like little tedious things mm-hmm. especially with airbending and her personality are like the last thing she wants to do yeah and you know she's also a teenager she's rebellious so she's not gonna listen to what people want her to do you know which leads to this episode she ends up meeting our next two main characters bolin and mako which I I like both of them. I guess in the beginning, I really liked both of them. And now that I... I mean, I love Bolin. How can you not? He's yeah. just the comedic... He's like the Sokka of the show. So you, you can't help but like him. Mako, you know, you're a little standoffish at first because he has an attitude. But you also, once you get to learn more about these characters, you understand why they're the way that they are, especially Mako. Um, but they are... There's this new kind of sport i guess you could say called pro bending which again amazing like this was in the real world not like it ever could be but i would watch it all the time nonstop. the writers for the show are just genius like obviously there's bending in the world but like they they literally thought of it as like how can we make this something that the world will would enjoy yeah and something more modernized like sports Mm -hmm. pro bending like it's just genius in my opinion and uh Mako and Bolin are part of this pro-bending group called the Fire Ferrets, along with Hasuk, their teammate. That's in it for like two minutes, but Isaac remembered his name this entire time. Dang it, I wanted to be like 10 points to anyone who remembered the waterbending oh, player's dang. name. But yeah, his name's Hasuk. Um, but he's gone in this episode, so yeah. it doesn't even... It, pretty much to sum this episode up, 
Cora is interested in pro bending. I mean, who wouldn't be? She shows up to the stadium. She's pretty much getting in trouble for just being there. Because yeah, you have because... to remember, no one knows. People have started learning that she's the Avatar because she got in a fight and she got well, arrested. And, and she did make that speech at the end of episode one. She did? No, 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 never mind. Was it episode one? No, that's episode four. No. Wait. It was like one or two. When, what is she talking about? She made about? a speech and said, I am the Avatar. Oh, oh, yeah. I think it was the end of episode one. Maybe it is. I don't remember. Chloe was probably doing something, so I had to run away. <laughs> anyway, Cora shows up to the stadium. She's, like, caught sneaking in, and then Bolin shows up, who she doesn't know yet, and is like, hey, I... Oh, she's with me. And she's like, yeah, I'm with him, not knowing who he is or that he's a pro bender. And then she finds out and she gets to watch them from their like locker room, I guess you could say. And already the dynamic between Bolin and Cora is so like best friends type. Yeah. Like they, they get along perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, Mako but, and her, obviously. Yeah, Mako has some problems. He's just a very standoffish guy. And you can understand why as the show goes on. Conveniently enough, Hasuk ends up taking off and they need a waterbender to play with them in their game. And Cora's like, well, I'll fill in. And they're like, uh, oh, okay, wait, Bolin's talking about her being a waterbender. And she is like, oh, I'm an earthbender. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I would have assumed from your waterbender getup that you're a waterbender. And she's like, I am. And a firebender. And then Mako's like, you're the <laughs> avatar and I'm an idiot. And I don't know why. It's but just so cheesy. It's super cheesy. That line right there. It makes me laugh every time. But they find out she's the avatar. She ends up playing with them. Everyone finds out that she's the avatar in that moment too. They're like, the avatar is playing with the fire fairies. But then they're like, the avatar can still play so long as she bends one element. Mm-hmm. So she obviously can... Well, she only bends water. But... It takes her a second because she's like, oh, I can use all these elements. I think yeah, it's because she's so used to let it. Let me mess them up. So yeah, she ends up joining the fire ferrets, meeting Mako and Bolin, who will continue on in the series. Anything else that really stands out? Amon? Oh, Amon. How have we not talked about Amon? Oh, That's in the God. first episode. Sorry, guys. This is all over the place. Um, As usual. I mean, that's what you can always expect from our podcast. But yeah, Amon represents the anti-bending establishment and honestly it's pretty creepy yeah that mask yeah i would be definitely intimidated by him yeah i does anything else happen in episode two besides the fact that oh tenzin finds out that she's on the pro bending and gets pissed but then is like oh you can still stay on it tenzin's so yeah he bends the knees you were like every time every time there's a confrontation but but it makes sense i really love her and Tenzin's relationship because he is a dad to her mm-hmm. you know like she has her parents but he really is a father figure for her and i know he sees it that way and that's why he lets her off the hook a lot yeah you know um i think that's pretty much it right i can't really remember anything that sticks out for episode two we watched four episodes, so I don't want to get ahead of myself and talk about three and four because a lot oh, yeah. happens in three and four. Yeah. So I think I'm going to end it right here. Do you have anything you want to say? Um, Other than the politics, that's about it. Um, I love these episodes. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. <laughs> As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. I know this first episode of... of uh, 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 can't speak of Let's Talk Avatar it is 
pretty mediocre, but um, you can expect better from us next week for sure, and I'm excited to yes. talk about episode three and four. We will have the episode titles ready for you and have things a lot more planned out. We were just super eager to put content out for you guys and to get back into conversing with you guys, I guess. Yeah, back into like the groove of it, because it is kind of like a... You have to keep momentum. I feel like in life that's key is keeping a momentum with mm-hmm. everything you do. But obviously when you take a break it's hard to get back on that train, yeah. I guess. Definitely. But we will see you next week with another uh Cora. Another two episodes of Cora. Yes. As always, we love you. We are so excited to be back and let us know what you think. Comment below, send us a message, reach out to us. We're on all social media. So Who's your favorite character so far? Ooh, Bolin. Really? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> You're like, not mine. My favorite character is Milo. Of course it is. Milo and Lin Beifong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see you guys next week. I'm Rachel. I'm Isaac. And stay safe out there. Stay classy, San Diego. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find us on our website at nonessentialmedia.com, on Twitter at Let's Avatar, and on Instagram at Let's Talk Avatar. Join us next week for another episode. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.